Welcome to Secret Skin on the Infinite Guest Network, distributed by American Public Media, produced and edited by the Platform Collection, recorded in a closet by me. Got pro chilling. About to sing the thing. That's how we do. My podcast theme doesn't have no words. But my podcast is called Secret Skin. My podcast is called Secret Skin. Not like real skin, but the name of one of his songs. Bus driver, that is. My podcast is called Secret Skin. My podcast is also called The Secret Radio Hour. Yeah. Where your eyes don't go, filthy scarecrow waves his broomstick arms and does a parody of each unconscious thing you do. Hello, folks. It's your good pal, your good friend, Michael Eagle here. I have a buddy here today. You, you want to say hi to the folks? What it do do is always prolific, and I mean always. It's a very special episode of Secret Skin today because we are in Frankfurt, Germany mm-hmm. at an artist residence. Uh, the promoters of the event that we're doing tomorrow in Darmstadt, Germany. Mm-hmm. We are uh, in their place right now. and um, Our house. We're across... Yeah, is it called the powerhouse? Nah, I think that was just the name of the Wi-Fi. It was a cool name, though. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. We remember places by the Wi-Fi. Yeah. That's what we do. And that's how, that's how it gets out here. Mm-hmm. Even on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been interesting. We've been in Europe. This is my first European tour. Uh, Always Prolific is along with me, helping my show be better to this uh, worldwide audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the shows real quick that have happened so far. Give people a little insight into how it's been. Show one. Show one was in London with um, the awesome duo Shabbat's Palaces. It was our first show on the continent, and um, it was sold out. It was um, about 700 700, person venue. Yeah, about 700 people, yeah. And uh, it was sold out. It was a pretty uh, amazing way to start the trip. You remember anything specific about the London show? Mm, I would say for sure the hospitality great hospitality they it had was a, that good old Jamo for us that was awesome Jamo being Jameson yeah. Jameson whiskey which we usually um, prefer and yeah it was a big huge green room and mm. we were hanging back there with the guys from Shabazz um, talking shit and uh, taking pictures and drinking and it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, it was a pretty incredible way to start the next show uh, was in Lorient France France show we, uh, two we flew from London to Paris and took Two trains. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. that was hard body, right? It was there. Yeah, it was difficult. Um, I have too much luggage. Um, Pro doesn't have too much luggage, but I have too much luggage. And uh, the trains, uh, they don't, they don't, you don't navigate them easily with the size and girth yeah. of luggage that we have on this trip. Um, when we got to Lorient, we performed at a festival. It was our first show with the with the. Uh, rap group Clipping who are good friends of ours too um, and that was a lot of fun um, it was really my first time performing for an well 
My first time in this current phase of my career performing for an audience that didn't speak English at all. Yeah, not a lick. Not nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Um, so, you know, this wasn't Paris, so it wasn't quite as uh, metrop- metropolitan mm-hmm. in, its, uh, in its feel. And it was a little interesting. It was a little difficult. I feel like uh, I've learned. Well, I already knew this anyway, but I'm a very American artist. You have to kind of understand a lot of nuances of American pop culture to kind of get what I do or what I might be making fun of in any particular moment. But that one show was really cool because it was organized by this community group. Like the whole purpose of the group is to bring music to Lorient, and um, we ended up hanging out with those guys and doing illegal stuff afterwards. It was great. It was can't tell you that stuff, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to tell you, but it's the secret. I think you might already know. This is true. It could be yeah. possible. Yeah, I think they can put it. They're, they're smart enough. They're smart enough. I they're think they'll enough. get it. Yeah, they get it. Um, the next was Paris. Yeah, was that Paris. was fun. Yeah. What you think about Paris? Paris was cool. I like it. The cheese yeah. was not good, but <laughs> it was it was okay. We have learned um, that the stuff that we have in America is obviously not cheese. Yeah, it's definitely not <laughs> the stuff that the stuff that they're giving us here. It, it's like it's it's battery powered. Man, it's electric cheese. It's like an ultimate warrior slam on your tongue. It is. <laughs> it is. It's almost not nice. Yeah, it's almost not kind. Yeah, it is. Uh, I can say it had a hard bite, and I think a tear came out my mouth. <laughs> you know, a small tear, just a small one. Not because it tastes good, just yeah. <laughs> I had um, I had a bite of some cheese in um, where were we? What was that um, Humber? No, no, I think that was that was Dudingen. I guess we'll get there, but um. It really tasted like a foot. Yeah, it's my straight up soccer player socks. <laughs> well, that's okay. That was oh, wait, it caught you in the morning, huh? It did. Yeah, on you, the breakfast. Oh yeah, you didn't want to be uh, rude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to take the bite, and I was really gonna eat it. I had two little pieces of cheese on my, <sighs> and I was really, really determined to eat everything I had on my plate because I didn't want to be rude. Yeah. But that cheese, man. Man, I know. That cheese didn't taste like something somebody should be eating. Yeah, I smelled it from pretty far. I have a really good sense of smell. So I was like, wait, I smell it. I was like, yeah, this is real cheese right here. Like, <laughs> somebody, grandma made this in the back, churning cheese in the back and stuff. <laughs> um, so well, that was Paris. Paris was a big, fun show. Yeah, was- uh, we also played with Clipping on that. Our next stop was in um, Hamburg, Germany, which was... Hey, caramba! Oh, uh, that one was a little challenging. Sabotage! Yeah, we um, we were you know, we were asked to be the special guest performers for a turntableist competition, uh, and it was a packed house mm-hmm. full of people smoking twelve cigarettes at one time oh each. Oh my goodness! Two floors full of people smoking thirteen cigarettes at one time. And then each. it was supposed to be twenty DJs, and it ended up like forty. <laughs> yeah, like we were already scheduled to go on at one in the morning. Yeah. We had to beg to go on at 2.45 in the morning. And uh, let's just say it wasn't the greatest fit um, in terms of um, reception. Yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily our audience. Um, What was next? What's after Hamburg? Hamburg. Vienna. Vienna. Nice. Yeah. Vienna was good. Hot spot. Right. Vienna was good. We had a few days off there, too, and the people who threw the show were all very talented and very gracious and took us around, and we actually got to see a city. Yeah. Got to see some good food, yeah. uh, good people, yep. uh, definitely good hospitality, yep. and it really made me not want to leave. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I, that morning I was like, Ugh, uh, for real? Really, we got to yeah. go get on another airplane? Plane, ah. <laughs> We've done a lot of flying, and, and 
I have this thing sometimes where I, in the States, uh, I drive a lot when I tour, and I'm always like, oh, man, those big artists, they get it so nice to yeah, get to fly right. everywhere. Yeah. This is really not cool. It's not. This I is thought it not would be okay. cool, but it's not. Nah, it's, man. The jet lag is real. I don't want to see TSA every day yeah. or whatever international and version. You know, I look super hella urban. They always want to pull me to the side like... What you got? I ain't got nothing. I'm just trying. I'm brand new out here, man. We trying to get it right now. I ain't gonna fuck up. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been it a little challenging on the travel trip. The travel has been rigorous to man. say the least. Um, but Vienna was awesome, and then we uh, flew to Bern, Switzerland, so we could play Dudingen, Switzerland, which I didn't necessarily enjoy. Yeah, it was it was a coin flip. I would say yeah. it was a coin flip. It was yeah. a coin flip. I mean, there were people there, but I couldn't figure out why any of them were there. We played with Clipping that night too, and none of them seemed to know who we were or, or who yeah. Clipping was. Or, it was yeah. just kind of weird. Um, there were you know girls sitting on the floor, uh, fucking the, protesting in, in the, the middle, middle of the, in the middle of the floor for no reason. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was not cool. Right, that was there. a trial. That was not cool. Um, and then the next night, which was last night, which is my birthday, actually, yeah, was a uh, Saint Gallen, Switzerland, and um. I, for as much as we drank, I can still remember the show pretty well. Man, you know? I I got drunk after I went and laid down and woke up. Ah. I was like, really? Like, yeah. after I wake up, now I'm drunk? But the birthday was real. We had fun. We did. Drunk a lot of stuff. And we hung out with Clippin' and talked about rappers and the Beatles, and it was great. It was really great. It's fantastic. For a great venue in St. Gallen, too. The uh, Palace. Ah. Yeah. That we almost walked past even yeah. a block away from our hotel. <laughs> is that that uh, little afternoon nap? You know, <laughs> yeah, trying to re- recalibrate real quick. Yeah. So and now um, we've driven to Frankfurt, Germany, to play the show in Darmstadt tomorrow, and um, that's pretty much it so far. Going forward, we got Darmstadt, we got uh, Berlin on uh, Monday, and we have, which I believe is the day you'll be hearing this. So if you're hearing this from Berlin. You come to our rap show that night. Do um, it. Do and then, it. Um, and then the next night is London. And that's the yeah. last show. Last joint. A free show in London where we're headlining. So Sweet. If you're hearing this and you're anywhere near that place, go online and get your tickets because they are going. People want them because they don't cost any money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are, those are our little miniature tour stories, mm-hmm. reflections of how this trip has gone it's been some challenges but it's been fun overall it's oh really the whole money exchanging thing oh, oh god yeah. yeah i mean it's yeah and it was funny too um somebody asked us today because it's been difficult you know because some countries are eu and some aren't, aren't yeah. uh so some are euro and then you get these other different currencies and uh, a guy asked us today like man could you imagine what it was like before the european man, union terrible, <laughs> like in man. every country you had to change from Lear to dramas or whatever Franks, marks Paris, marks it's like come on man like let's, let's get one system so yeah. everybody can just you know do what they need to do yeah but, it's just it's, it's hard out here man because yeah. there's so many different levels of economy and the coins are heavy as shit they God are damn. they are scrooge mcduck coins. yeah straight up <laughs> yeah are, you, you could swim in them yeah if you were adept or you could put them in a sack and murder people yeah with them because they're very that's, that's that real bag of coins yeah. <laughs> well all right um that's what we've been up to. Uh, the next part you'll hear on this show is my, the second part of my interview with Mr. Yoni Wolf of Why. And on this this um, portion of the interview, he goes on to talk about, you know, from from dovetailing away from the... Um, can you dovetail away from something? I don't even know if that's possible. From 
his time with Anacon into his own personal projects like uh, Reaching Quiet and ultimately Why, the band Why, W-H-Y with a question mark, and how he started to find success as a solo artist and what it's meant for him to um, be doing his own music and leading his own bands and collaborating with people in different ways and, and where that's led him to now and the current music that he's trying to make. Really interesting interview. Um, it goes really in-depth about um, what it's been like to uh, develop a band and develop music in kind of a rock way, which is really, um, it's outside of my experience. Like, I have a hard enough time dealing with rappers, you know what I mean, let alone a bunch of people playing a different instrument. Yeah, <laughs> straight so, up. Yeah, um, that's the next thing you'll hear here. Um, I'm Open Mike Eagle, this is Secret Skin. And always prolific, and I mean always. And um, we'll holler at you soon. Enjoy the show. Peace. Peace. Tour stories. Oh, shit. Real quick, though, we got to add something on. Got to. Something very important that we discovered in Vienna, Austria. Mm, have you guys ever heard of a washout? A washout toilet? A washout toilet. Have you ever yeah. heard of a washout toilet? I don't know. I don't think they have. I think they should look at it right now. Go Google washout toilet. Toilet, right now. Yeah, got go a couple ahead. seconds. Hold it. All right, you see that picture there? Mm-hmm. You see how that toilet has a shelf, like, in it? <laughs> it's a high shelf, too. You got to be careful. We heard bad stories about that shelf. Yeah, that shelf is can be very harmful to your uh, your nether regions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem, if you can't already tell with the washout toilet, is that um, whatever you leave there... It doesn't like leave. No, it doesn't. And it's, it's dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the air gets a chance to mingle with it. Yep. And you get a chance to smell it very intimately. Yeah. And uh, it's it's when you turn around and look, it's right there. It's there, yeah. It's it close there, too. Right yeah. there. <laughs> nice and brown. <laughs> I, remember, I remember when I first walked in thinking like, okay, I know that looks like it'll just sit there, but that couldn't be what actually yeah, happened. I'm, I'm, so totally so it, it must be that there's some angle to the shelf you can't see yeah, and things it's a slope just or something. Down. No, no, nope. no. I did some business and then it was just sitting. There. It was sitting there <laughs> with a little bit of water. Yeah, water. and um, that was that was challenging. That was very challenging. I've never even use a toilet like that yeah i've never seen it never heard of it we had a lot of conversations with with, with austrians about how horrible that is and they prefer that toilet yeah see i don't i don't understand they said yeah (laughs) there's too much water in american toilets are you kidding Kidding me me. yeah you need that you don't that's gonna it yeah Water in a toilet makes everything better. Yes, it does. Okay. I, I can, we can say that, testify to that for sure, though, yeah. now. Well, that's it. We just wanted to make sure you guys knew about this. So, if you go to Austria, take your own toilet. Yeah. Yeah. Tour stories. Oh, shit. There's a secret radio hour. And this is it we had already been working on and uh we finished that in in 03 as well i mean i did i was doing all kinds of shit because i did a record called Jaime's basement okay which was uh, up in minneapolis that was like a, a quick one-off that i did with andrew broder up there um 
from fog. I go, yeah, I mean, I, I was very scattered yeah. working with a lot of people. But I want to say scattered was more like so focused that you just boom, 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 knock shit out. You know, it was a very cool do you, time. Do you, can you make a record pretty quick? No, not now. Neither, dude. Like, <laughs> I, man, dude, I'm looking at next year and there's plans that, you know, I'm supposed to do stuff with X and Y, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's funny to say X and Y, but like, <laughs> I'm supposed to do stuff with these different people. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I've never made a record very fast in my yeah. life, but next year it seems to kind of be dependent on me being able to do that. Like, There's got to be a way. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the quickest it's ever taken you to make one? You think like an album that you probably, were happy with? Probably that Jaime's Basement record. Now, how long was that? Very quick. How long, how, how short was it very quick? Uh, we did the initial tracking and writing and everything. Like I okay, so here I came to it with a notebook. So okay, I had so that. You had, you had some. I had that. Kind of started some ideas. And some some stuff. writing. Yeah. yeah, Andy had that. Okay. And then we went into the room with no uh, no musical ideas whatsoever. Went into the room and um, had it as a goal to ourselves. We're gonna we're gonna sort of write or arrange and put together and record a song a day and we did that for 11 days in a row and we did it on a on a on a one inch tape uh, eight track wow okay so you know we had that limitation so you couldn't redo a lot of stuff right no we and it was first take everything was first take and um and then we and then i came back there and we did two more days like that in a studio that time. This was in the basement of this record store, Jaime's, which is why the album's called that. But um, the, the time I came back, we did it in the studio called The Third Ear. And we recorded two more songs or three more songs uh, in three days and then mixed the album in a day. Okay. Yeah, on, on a Neve, just like uh, live, you know. Mm-hmm. So. to record I mean typically the album that you're uh, happy with a long time yeah. I mean, going back to that time going back to that time that Oakland Asul Asylum probably took me a year like each song would take me about a month you know where, yeah. where I would really just it was just add subtract add subtract layer 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 get rid of that layer get rid of that layer you know it was like very anal very like uh Whatever, and then and uh, and just listen, listen, listen. It's all about just listening yeah. constantly. But I wouldn't say that I, I wouldn't say that Oakland Asul Asylum that took a year is any better right. than Jaime's Basement that took two weeks. I think you know there there there's sometimes you just have a pocket of energy and you that you can just boom just just put into something. You know, so um, I can't uh, say enough how much Broder. Andrew Broder pushed both of us to like do it fast. Like he was used to doing things kind of quickly, okay. so he pushed me and kept me on my toes to like work like that, which I, I really enjoyed. And, and but see now you're kind of I mean when you make these Y records, it's kind of at your own pace for the most part. You're not yeah. You're, there's you're pretty much calling all of the shots. So however long it takes you to 
come up with an idea, execute it, and to say it's finished, that's the timeline. Yeah. Right. So what was the next Y record after that? So so the, then the record after that, we had been touring as a band. Okay. So uh, I was like, well, we might as well integrate these other guys into the recording process. Mm. You know, uh, they're great musicians. They're better players than me. And... Uh, so we did, you know. It and, was and like that, the first white record. Uh, I mean, oh, okay. What was the name of this, the 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 one? Oakland Missoula Asylum. That's that's the one that you were touring then. Yeah. Okay. So that came out in two thousand three, and that's that's the one that was supposed to be the demos or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And and you did that whole thing yourself, like yeah, the music and and and, and recorded everything, played all the parts or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And so now you you have musicians and you want to work them into the recording process, yeah. but you're still writing all the stuff, uh, all the parts and stuff too. No, so not necessarily all the parts and stuff. No, and 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 even even the songs that this next record called Elephant Eyelash was actually the most collaborative okay. that a Y record has ever been. Okay. So on that record, you know, I'd say half the songs I wrote with other people. So like. Um, you know, somebody would have a riff. I'd be like, "Oh, that sounds cool," you know. And then I'd bring my notebook over and be like, "Okay, let me try to sing this to it or okay. whatever, like that." And uh, yeah, so and basically, my brother would come over. My I lived in this cottage in North Berkeley, real quaint shit, you know. You were in the Bay for a while. I was in the Bay for ten years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So he would come up every day, and we would go get yogurt. And then we would like, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, just fuck around, you know, on an eight track or on the computer or something. And it was done very piecemeal in a weird way. But then you know, we'd bring over another player. We're like, oh, we, you know, we should get Doug to play, you know, some fucking recorder on this or whatever. And you know, it was a, it was very collaborative that album. I feel like. And then, yeah. And that was a uh, was oh five. That came out in 05. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, that was called Elephant Eyelash. Now, and that was, was that one pretty successful as well? And right. Like, so yeah. that one jumped us up. Okay. Yeah. Like a lot. And how did that one come out? Anacon. Okay. They all came out on Anacon. All the white records are Anacon. Yeah. Okay. Well, last year one came out, uh, an EP came out on Joyful Noise. Okay. That wasn't really a Y. I mean, it's a Y record, but it was like, it's not a, I wouldn't sit it in the Y it was a different kind of record because an album about it was like with for songs for fans, you know, something that's like uh, a little bit jokey or whatever. Okay, so it's kind of different. Okay, so I'm still so proud of it. But <laughs> Elephant Eyelash, and then after that is Alopecia. Yeah, I know Alopecia was. Yeah, so basically, is that, is that the biggest Y record? Yeah, Alopecia. Yes. So we we basically had this run where it was like we were just hustling, you know, like. Uh, Oakland Sewell Sound came out. We toured our asses off on that. The whole world. Uh, well, America and Europe. Right. Canada. You know. We, <laughs> the whole white world. The white world. We didn't go to Japan at that, at that time. But on the next album, um, Elephant Eyelash, we did go to Japan. And, right. and we went to all over Europe like a couple times. All, all over solid, the States a couple times. Yeah. Are y'all working with like booking agents and shit? Yes. Into? Yes. Okay, even that early on. like it's, Yeah, we, we, it's we were working with booking agents from the start of Oakland Soul Asylum touring okay. because um, we had them from through 
the rest of Anacon, really. It was this this uh, company called Cork that later became the agency group. Right. And, like, they, they uh, you know, this guy Christian Bernhardt, was, he just booked all the Y shit. Mm-hmm. We later got handed off to a couple different dudes and landed with this guy, Eric Carter, who we still are with. Okay. Um, at the Cork Agency, um, who now has this thing called Uncle Booking. Okay. But... Yeah, we we uh, we had agents from early on. That's why we were able to do that. Right. Um, so you're touring, and then, I mean, alopecia, how does alopecia come together? So that one, that one happened kind of like the next couple happened, where I made demos. Like, okay. um, I always, I've always had four tracks and eight tracks and things like that and in my house. It's always kind of a court musical ideas. Yeah, quickly, okay. you know. So, yeah, I, I basically made demos for all those songs. On I mean, so the, the interesting thing that I'm, I'm hearing right now is like, you know, you went from a guy who was basically like too shy to even tell people you uh-huh. rapped. Yeah. So now, like, you have like a band at your command, and and you're like, you know, like look at this thing. I just recorded these ideas. Let's make songs out of them. So, yeah. where did the confidence come from? You think? Like, where do you think you were able to find that? Like, I don't know. Like, or like after the first bit of touring, I find that a lot of performers are shy. Actually, yeah, for sure. You know, but like after that 2002 tour, I feel like I started to gain confidence in in, in myself as a musical guy okay you know I mean little by little before that like producing the the Reaching Quiet album just before that um I started to feel like okay you know I have some musical ideas and I can kind of put a song together and then on on those that those early tours as a performer I started to gain confidence I, see. I was like oh I can do this I, I blank out on stage right. you know what I'm saying I get yeah. that like you know that you feeling go into that gear the zone gear, man yeah, you know I sure. see you you get in the fucking zone yeah, you know what yeah. I'm talking about yeah. not everybody gets there right and like I think there's uh, something about that that's that's you know you, you want to see that mm-hmm. you know in, in a performer uh and it's it's very natural to me because I have so much like undealt with emotions right, <laughs> that so you, like you work it all out kind of on stage, stage and, and and in recordings too. Mm-hmm. So I, I started to really gain a confidence, and I had I feel like I, I was overly confident for many years. Like really, so if you went like, from, from shy to overconfident, but there's a fine line, yeah, you know. Like absolutely, it was more like I just I know that. Any idea I have is correct, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's more about you knowing the value of your own ideas yeah, and, and yeah, having yeah. tested that value through touring and seeing, oh, right, these things work. <laughs> sort of like that, yeah. But not even really, not not even uh, consciously going to that to say I know this will work and people will like it, but just like, no, this is what I want to see happen and be recorded on here. Just like an, a weird artist confidence, yeah, where it's yeah. like you get a feeling, like just knowing. Just discernment, right? The the the, the gift of discernment, hmm. you know, where you know whether whether a decision is right or wrong. I can't say I have that as much anymore. Huh. <laughs> Honestly, Damn, that's like, crazy. Like I went through years of just like, like because it's there's an it, there's like a um, not a, I don't want to say ignorance. There's a uh, 
an innocence in it or something. Yeah. Just like before you know too much, right. it's like boom, that feeling that that one, that right. one. You know what I mean? And right. and you just go with it. And now I I can see every side of something or whatever more so, you know, and it's and harder so, to pick. So it's harder even though you can see more of it. Right? To an ex- yeah, to an extent. You know, I think I I I, I just was very self uh, I don't want to say self-centered, self-absorbed, self absorbed, self self something or other, where it's like I didn't need to take into account anyone else's feelings or, or do whatever. You, so you feel like you do now? You do have to do yeah, that now? Yeah, I try to now because I, I want to relate to people better. And, like, I, I just... Those now, periods were very lonesome and depressing. So so you want to relate to people better just on, like, just in terms of just human interaction? Or do you want your art to be more relatable as well? Like, I, I, I think I just... I want to relate with the people that I'm working with more. Right. I want to feel like... I don't want to feel like I'm trampling over people like right. I tend towards... But I mean, what if it was that? Was that when you were most successful? You feel like, yeah. So, <laughs> wow. Um, damn, it's it's weird. But you know, whatever. I'm I'm finding it now. I'm I'm, I'm figuring it out. Yeah. As I go, what is? So while all of this is happening, you're you know you're you're coming into you've come into your own. You're touring the world on your own musical ideas, basically. Uh, but I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to downplay the importance of the band. Like, right? That's right. the thing. Is like, it, without them there, those shows would have been do not worry, so. Do you awesome. worry about that perception that it's just kind of all you? Because I guess that's probably something you run into a lot. I, I I don't like. I don't know. I think the people that know know. I mean, if you go to a live show, you don't think you go to a live Y show, you, you don't sit there and think like, "Oh, it's all Yoni." Like, you know, this is the thing, though, man. Um, and like I said, I used to listen to rock a long time ago. Yeah. Only in the last few years, really, I would say it's '06, kind of really gotten back into listening to more rock stuff. So like, listening to like TV on the radio, like Arcade yeah. Fire and shit, kind of like pulled me back into like, oh, this is. A bunch of great shit happening And what I started to find out The more I did research about bands Because The band thing Always fucks me up Because I have a hard time Working with another rapper Most of the time I have a hard time Working with some of the producers I work with sometimes yeah. Just because It's very difficult for me To uh, Talk about certain things uh, And to explain Why I think something Is better than another Easier thing. to just do it Exactly <laughs> yeah. uh, And that's why You know In my recording process I tend to just kind of Hoard beats mm-hmm. Make do it and and then like it's like like it you don't like it it's kind of what it is you right, know what I mean right. um, and so like the idea of working with a band having all these different people doing stuff and and like I don't like to me it's it seems like it would be so impossible to have a finished idea that everybody was happy with but that's the thing it's a separate skill first of all it's being a manager is right. what it is it's knowing how to which like I said I haven't always been that good at it. I, I I've tended to be more like a like a uh, dictator, like a benevolent dictator, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But but yeah, sort of a dictator nonetheless. Um, but you know, I, I'd like to be more of a good manager that is able to see where people's specific skills lie and put them into positions that that they are able to excel at. Now, are you, and at some point, do you have to compromise in that? Though, is that part of it? Like, perhaps I haven't. Like I said in the past, 
you know, it's been hard to compromise. But when when I have made compromises, I feel like a lot of times it's been positive. You okay. know, like like on the alopecia record, like a lot of what I hear on there uh, when I listen back to that is like Andy Broder's playing. Mm. So he played on that record, okay. and like you know, he does a lot of shit that. You know, at at the time, I might not have like sanctioned or said like, you know, d- do this or do or whatever. But he he's a strong musical, uh, has a strong musical identity, and would come at me with ideas that, you know, he thought would build upon the songs. And they nine times out of ten, they did. So I think that that spice, you know, really added to the stew. Have you not worked with him since then, or have you worked with him more or less? Or? Uh, I mean, he toured with Y like in oh nine oh ten, um, and I guess I haven't worked with him since since then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I would. Why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I, I really, I don't, I don't know a bunch about like the the parts of the pieces of your band. You know what I mean? Like, well, a lot of that. See, and not to interrupt, but a lot of that I feel like with Broder had to do with my relationship with him. Um, had been forged differently than with the other dudes, uh-huh. like because he and I, he and I had done an album together where elaborated where we where we won. Yes, exactly. It was like. He had a musical idea. I had a musical idea. You know, it was like very much even. And like the other guys were involved in my project because they had come at it to play songs that I wrote and recorded and played everything myself Mm -hmm. for the first tour. So it was like from then on. So so the relationship was already that. Different relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Them coming into something rather than contributing. Yeah. Which was difficult initially with Corey Broder. Because it took some getting used to for me to integrate him into into the Y thing, but it worked well. So alopecia, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that record. I remember the first time I heard it was when I, I was on tour with Chesky, and he was just shocked that I hadn't heard it <laughs> because, like, I'm a I'm a huge They Might Be Giants fan. He yeah, sinking and laughing at something sunken, and I am. If I'm sinking and laughing at something sunken, and I am. If I'm sinking and laughing at something sunken, and I am. Just act, you know, there's still a lot I don't know. Sure, like just even homies or like the peers or like people I look up to, I just missed. You so can't, much. you can't know everything. Yeah. That's the, I'm the same, same with me. Like you can only listen to so much yeah. music and sure. absorb so much of it. You know, um, yeah. So what happened? Okay, after alopecia is what? Well, we had an album called Elephant, uh, called uh, Eskimo Snow. Okay. Now that was recorded with alopecia. They were recorded together, actually, mm-hmm. and I initially finished the Eskimo Snow album first, and it was going to come out before alopecia. Um, I had gone down right after we finished recording the two albums. I had gone down to. Uh, Nashville and mixed it with this guy Marky Nevers. Okay. And um who does like Lamb Chop, Silver Juice, Bonnie Prince Billy, like that camp. And I wanted that sound. So I I found him, you know, I think you know, we had talked a lot about I think Broder actually found him on the back of a Lamb Chop album. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yes, that's right, that's it, that's it. So went down Shortly after, mixed with him, brought it back to Anacon. They're like, 
we can't do nothing with this. This is like some other shit. Like to, to a hip, I took it back to a hip hop label. Right. Handed them an album that sounded really slow and quiet mm-hmm. and like melodic, melodic. No, no, no real effects on it. Mm-hmm. Just like super dry country record. Mm. You know what I mean? And I gave it to. Uh, Bailey, who was running the label. Now, you said this is before alopecia then because you yeah. this from first. Okay. This is 07. Okay. Spring of 07. And they were like, I, I don't know what we're going to do with this. Like, And they were like, "What? didn't you record a bunch of other shit down there too? I was like, yeah. And I played them some roughs of the alopecia shit. They were like, all right, go finish this shit first and then we'll see what this shit sounds like. So you put alopecia, very successful. So when finished alopecia... Okay. Put that out. That was very successful. Then I went, revisited Eskimo Snow. Did you change any of the mixing at all? Or mixing, you, remixed it, remixed, remixed the it whole thing. Are you happy yeah. with how it Spend came another out? five grand, whatever. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm happy with how it turned out. Remixed it with the guy who who we mixed alopecia with, okay. Eli Cruz. Okay. Not to say what Mark Nevers did was bad. That's what I'm saying, because you liked it. it just I liked it. They... It just was not something that they were at all used to. So it was like I had to kind of give it the, the treatment that I gave alopecia. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this now, because you're putting out these records, these, you know, these are fucking indie rock records. That, I wouldn't of. say alopecia is necessary. I mean, maybe it is. I don't have any I, well, Okay, idea, let's, 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 use, let's just use Anaconda's release history up to that point. Yeah, as all rap. Yeah, so yeah. it's indie rock compared to that for yeah. sure. And it's super successful. I mean, so... But, let me just say this. Before you get into whatever you're about to say, that was what made it successful is that I didn't get stuck in that underground rap thing yeah. that kind of died off yeah, it's back dead. then. It's, it's dead. It's very dead. <laughs> it kind of was like, after like the, the first few years, and we talked about this, I think, in the podcast I did yeah. with you, but after those first few years, it felt like that was over yeah and like I didn't intentionally change my shit up but like I naturally gravitated towards Towards changing maybe I had my pulse to the street or some shit (laughs) without knowing it but But, uh, yeah I mean but so, so that saved my ass. That but, but what is your relationship like at that point with the guys that are on Anaconda, still making the rap shit, nose to the grindstone, like right. what it is? I mean, and you're doing your thing, which is a different thing, and very successfully. Like, was there any like tension? You know what I mean? Like, we're, not we're, really. I mean, you know, I, perhaps from them, I don't know. Right. Like for me. I was just like on my shit, and I was like on tour constantly. And so you like so you kind of I mean for the most part not really working with any of those other guys at that time. I, at that time, after after like after like oh four after like the Jaime's basement and then the 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 second Cloud Dead record, I wasn't really working with anybody else that much right. like for a while except just why. Mm-hmm. And, and like because we were touring so much that like when we got a chance to work on music it was like okay let's do the next Y record right. like that's kind of the, the, the feeling that it was so we were very focused on Y between those years um yeah and so okay you start doing records that are that are that you know stylistic departure but and it was a problem because like that's what I'm thinking it man. wouldn't like like I would go to a record store what section like a be fucking right. hip record store in, in Williamsburg yeah, yeah, yeah. and like okay they're definitely gonna have my shit here so I go to the W's like 
Right. What the fuck, man? Go ask the guy, like, do you have, you know, like, try to act like I'm not the dude yeah, in the band. Yeah. Like, do you have this record uh, by this band called Why? You know, <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 that's in the Anaconda section over there. You know, so we got going, and it was like, it's in the hip-hop section. And it was like, this is an album that's not at all hip-hop. Like, right. what if somebody saw a live show and we're like, oh, this band's cool. Like, I'm going to go find it in the hip record store. Right. And I can't find it. Anyway, what are you going to say? Yeah, it seems to be like that would be an issue. And that's, you know, that's why I'm wondering. Like, how, did, how, how was that handled? I mean... We put a sticker that said, file under rock. Okay, tight. <laughs> good, good call. <laughs> good call, man. But, like... I don't think it worked, but... And and at the same time these records are coming out, I mean you got rap records that are coming out and probably aren't doing as well on the label. Yeah, yeah. and and, and yeah. so you, I guess you start to bring about the stylistic change or opening up. Yeah, yeah. At, so I was finding I found a couple bands, you know, like this band Anathalo, this guy S J Esau, who were like guys that I would say are sort of in the Y vein in a way, like. Proggy. I don't want to say proggy, but sort of like, you know, like very musical, like psych. Let's mm-hmm. say psych, modern psych shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and kind of brought that stuff to the table at the time. And then, so, but you start to open the door for stuff like, I mean, and not directly, but then stuff like baths, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, you know, not that it's doing what you guys are doing at all. But it's but different. Very different. Yeah. And, and not what the people who were following Anaconda up until that point would expect. Right. I mean, and so Anaconda as a, like, as we said, as a label has definitely evolved. Are there still people who, who have been down since day one, like that are like, you know, that that still kind of want the underground rap thing from Anaconda. Do you still, do you hear from, I mean, you've got your own fan base. Yeah. That is, you know, separate from that anyway. But I just wonder, like, you know, you being there from the beginning. Like, but those guys are out there. They're our age now. Yeah. They were our age back then, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. dudes. And they, a lot of them came to our shows when me and Getty were out, and I was doing the solo thing. Mm-hmm. I Guys would show up, and, like, oh, it's so great, you know. And, like, I was at the Mush Tour. I was uh, at, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, 2001, I was at that show, and whatever. Like, you know, like... So yeah, they're out there. And so you did. You just did a solo tour. You said with Serengeti. Uh, yeah. And what brought that about? You wanting to do a tour without the band? Like, what was the reason you wanted to do that? Money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, it, it, honestly, that's kind of how it's, the idea started. Um, it was last fall, and it was like I just did. I just was not making much money with why because our expenses are so high yeah now. I mean from travel expenses to having split however many ways it splits it's yeah. just less take home yeah and like so I'm, I, Getty was here actually we were working on music together and I was just throwing out ideas I'm like man maybe I should just do a fucking solo thing like actually maybe it was in the winter but anyway um, I was like maybe I should do a solo thing you know make a little scratch doing that and I had gone out before doing shows, like, just playing a grand piano. Shit. And my brother accompanied me on bass. Okay. And, um, you know, that was, like, a little tour that we did a few years ago. And it was Getty's idea. Wow. Yeah. He was like, he was like, why don't you just do a rap thing? I'm like... How did you, how did you perform? Like, how was your music played, or how, how did that... It's a uh, fucking... Uh, 
not Ableton, but uh, Serato. Okay. You know, or at the small shows, like, I played it off of iTunes, you know what I mean? Like, just like tight, man. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say tight. It is what it is. I mean, I... I, But I I liked it. It felt good. I'd say tight in the sense of, like... It's simple. And and not not even just that, but just simple coming out of like having played for 10 years in a band like yeah. I'm glad that you were not only able to do that but that it was successful you know what I mean like just, yeah. tight, just, it just further adds to this narrative of like being flexible and kind of you know being able to turn corners whenever you want I got you know into I mean? it man I got yeah. into it like I started remixing like uh, a lot of the songs and started like um you know really thinking about it as as a live show and the flow of the show and stuff like that and I put together a mixtape mm-hmm. uh, of what the live show was to accompany, you know, the the uh, performances so I could sell that at the shows. And it ended up being really fun, you know, a different way to perform that I actually kind of learned some things. Like what? Just how to be on a stage by yourself. Mm. Like all the focus is on you and... You know, the audience has to really listen to your words. They don't have, like, two drummers and a bunch of, like, musicians to look at doing wild shit. Like, it's all on you. It's all on you, man. There's a spotlight on you, you know, and, like, you got to come with it. You got to bring a certain energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not all about being loud and screaming at people like like it it seemed like early on, you know, in the, in the, uh, Early days that that's what dudes would do is like yeah. you know I would do that and get it real was tight kind of, kind of punk rocky kind of yeah. yeah it's about it's about just having a confidence and having a you know knowing you got something to say and just so okay owning so, it so I'm glad it went I'm really glad it went good I'm glad that you and Getty went too man that's really oh it was great. a lot of fun man um, I like hanging with that guy yeah no me too man yeah um so you say like you're part of one of the motivators was money like I mean has money started to become like an issue like I know you've been a part of the industry to watch things kind of explode and then die down and then whatever the fuck it is now is trying to figure itself out I mean like like financially has it been like a roller coaster for you in that sense too well I mean you know we make most of our money on tour now so yeah, yeah I mean if, if you like We've t- we tended to, to overblow our shows and everything. And, so, you know, like spend so much on the production just, of the shows. Just bring too many people, <laughs> right. too many musicians, you know, uh, we, you know, tour somewhat lavishly sometimes, like with a bus and shit. And like, you know, I, I need days off. I can't grind out like I used to just because mm-hmm. of my health and shit. Like, so I need to be a little more chill. About what I'm doing. Well, what, what's the health issue? Is that something you want to talk about? I got Crohn's. You know, I don't even know what that is. So, okay, I have no idea about. It. I see commercials. I don't know what the yeah, fuck yeah. it is at all. It's a gut disease. You okay. Know? So I just need to be careful. Like right. I need to get sleep. I need to. I need to eat right. I need all to, of the shit that's impossible to do on the road. Basically. Right, but I, I pretty I do that stuff. I try to. And so you have to take the time to do it. Yeah. Right. And that you costs, that costs good. money. You have to like get rest, like you said. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, you know, that stuff adds to, to uh, the difficulties. But, you know, all in all, I'm hopeful. That's tight. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's, what's next? I mean, I'm, I'm going to imagine uh, new Y Records probably next. Is that? Is that I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I just got this room set up really well. Right. So, I'm just, what I really just want to do is get in there and fuck around 
and make shit. It might be solo shit. It might be why shit. Um, what's the difference? I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. Like that's. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just gonna <laughs> mess around. I'm just last night I was working with my brother up at his house, so you know, I'm just gonna work on stuff. And see what it feels like. Right. Put it together how it feels right. You feel like you got a timeline you're working in, though, or is it just not like, really? Oh, that's good. You know, my manager had does, but <laughs> <laughs> but like you said before, it does happen on my schedule, and that's the only way that I know how to do it. Yeah. Like I, I struggle with. I mean, if somebody, if I actually get with some, if my manager was actually like, okay, send me one song every week or whatever, then I could do that. But like. He's like, come on, man, finish some stuff up. Like, it's harder. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, you like, you either need some structure or like just completely on your own. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. So, that's I don't know, man, you know man. if you figure it out, let me know, man. Like yeah, I said, man, this year is coming up. It's like I, I, I really feel like the best, the like, you know, just indulge me for a second. Yes, the best, please. The best, the best way for me going forward would be like if I could figure out how to make. An album like how it seems like Doom makes an album or somebody yeah. like like but it, we're like and I, I feel like we might have touched on this last time too but like where where like the dudes kind of get into the zone of where like they're writing it's like turning a faucet on you know what I mean yeah and like it just pours out of them and blah blah blah, blah and that's a song like I feel like if I could get if I could get myself on that for a year yeah <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean yeah it would make next year so great well, I've never been let me suggest way. something yeah. Do that thing that I just said. Try, try like one song a week. One song a week, you know, like, and it doesn't have to be like. It could be a demo right. that you can later go back in and fix. But like to have the structure and every and all the lyrics down, and you know, it, it, it turn it into somebody. You mm-hmm. know, send it to somebody. Be like, okay, here, here it is. Like, you know, and I think that can be real helpful. You know. Um, that's what I did with the the album after Eskimo Snow. For I made demos like that, and I would send them to Josiah every mm-hmm. week, um, and uh, it, it was good. It was good for me. It was a way. It was a real way to get that those ideas knocked out. Right. Um, but exercise yeah. and get yeah yeah get. get but that said, it's not like I, there's no faucet. Mm-hmm. Like that said, I had pages of lyrics that were written over the course of time, so I haven't figured out how to. Turn that writing faucet. But yeah, I think you know, with with the way that you make music, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because you have to also have like the musical ideas as well. You're not like yeah. like me. It's just as much as like getting some beats that I like. Right. Going right. For it. In your case, like you actually have to construct the entire song, so it's right. a little bit harder to. I've, I've thought about doing trying to do an album like you're saying, yeah. like where I get beats from people um, and just write raps. There's something appealing about that to me. Yeah, there's a freedom to it. I mean, you could like just to bring up Doom as an example again. Like you can see how if if you listen to his records, like they're great and they're all his aesthetic all the way through. But if you listen to like an album where it's like him and Madlib, it's like yeah. you can tell he can just put so much more into. I prefer that album. writing. You know what I mean? He can yeah. just dive into the writing and yeah. and be so focused on that that it makes yeah. you know it just makes it. It, it, you could tell it's freeing for him on the creative level, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't know. It seems like is you haven't. Have you ever done that? You've never. Well, done early that? on, yeah. Like, oh, I guess the Jamie's basement thing would be the, that. Jamie's basement thing, yeah. Jamie's basement then, would be that. And then, uh, you know, the Cloud Dead stuff. The early, Cloud, right, the first right. record was. It's was just kind in, of like in my that. mind, 
that stuff is so amorphous because yeah. it's like three of you guys that are all differently talented and talented in different ways. So to me, that seems like more like an interlocking puzzle. Well, thing. the second record was the okay. second record was very much um, you know uh, a collaborative process in production, but the first record was, was mostly, mostly not no okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Word up, man. Well, looks like we probably should wrap up. You know, we could probably talk forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, let let the good folks know where to find you if they can. I'm sure they already do, but tell them anyway. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you can find me at Yoni Wolf on Twitter. Uh, the band website is whywithaquestionmark.com, everything written out. And at pretty much at Yoni Wolf on any of the social medias. Um, Grinder, <laughs> okay, Cupid, okay, stupid. <laughs> Word up, man! Foolish whores. Dot <laughs> org. I haven't heard of that one yet. You got <laughs> badchoices.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something else I was gonna tag that with, and I don't remember what it was. Oh yeah. Make sure you check out his podcast, Wandering Wolf, because you're a podcast listener. That's right. And he's got a great one. So definitely check out the Wandering Wolf podcast. That, I, I think the best place to listen, I like, I mean, listen on iTunes, that's fine. Check the Wandering Wolf on iTunes. But I also, uh, I like the SoundCloud page, SoundCloud slash the Wandering Wolf, SoundCloud.com slash the Wandering yeah, Wolf. Yeah, play it anywhere, anytime, on demand, dial it up, press buttons, listen to things. Thank you, Yoni. Thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate it. No doubt, man. I live in the studio, truly though The mind running pen moving slow In a two-bedroom apartment With toy shards laid on the khaki-colored carpet Living room walls where the boys' new art went Netflix through the week, stay streaming smart shit In a west side neighborhood Quiet at night, but I doubt that we stay for good The boy likes to play in woods So this place doesn't suit him like a couple acres could I'm bound to the city though, doing shitty shows, making YouTube videos. So even when the sky turns indigo, the view of the stars is just pitiful. We're in a state called Cali in a five baseball county. Shit's kinda nice. In a couple others, I'd be fearing from a life skinhead shout nigga trying to hit you with a pipe. But this couldn't be life, right? Hey yo, what happened to my rights? You can keep them if you staggin' out of sight And never get caught roaming solo at night In a place called America Which is really two places Separated by races, physical space, and economic status On a planet called, what's the name? Thank you.